Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Reader Copy Podcast, the comic podcast about comic books. It is Wednesday, uh, May the 12th, right? It is? Yes, it is. Yeah, it, it is. It is May the 12th. Yeah, of course it I is. I knew that. Yeah, I wasn't asking you. May the 12th uh, be with you. <laughs> my name is Chris. I enjoy my, my co-host, Daniel. Yeah, I'm here, too. Welcome, everyone, to the main podcast. You, of course, are joining us right in the middle of Iron May, and uh, we're going to jump into another Iron Man comic as we go down the road. Iron May. Uh, we did Batman a couple of years ago for Batman, Spider-Man, and now Iron May, which um, Iron Man, to me, yeah. is a movie hero and not so much a comic book hero. <laughs> What does that even mean? His origins are in comics. He's a he's a comic book superhero. Yeah, he's there when you need him, but you don't need him that much. <laughs> what is that? Is he too rich, Richie? Richie Rich to even play with your uh, to handle all your business? What do you say? Well, I'm just saying, like before the movies, Iron Man was like is a guy with a briefcase. <laughs> You know, he's got to run a company. Sometimes that's more important than saving okay. lives. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Did you watch, um, speaking of running a company, did you watch Elon on SNL? Yes, yes. I think, uh, you know, he's like a modern day Tony Stark, some might say. He, you know, he popped up in uh, number two, right? Iron Man 2 in the movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I watched some clips. I wasn't entertained. That's not his profession, right? He He's doing- Why was he even there? Like, why have a non-actor entertainer as the host? I think, you know, he's got- a lot on his plate he's running all these different companies give him this one have some fun with it you know uh, not all okay. of the guests are perfect 100% they have mm, to you know okay I'd rather have Bill Gates host honestly well I think he's going through something right now you know something <laughs> else is on his Busy. mind yeah <laughs> Yeah, he's probably thinking too much about Iron May, so uh, <laughs> we explain to him how the show works. Here at the Reader Copy Podcast, we split up in three parts. First up, we'll give you all the comic book news that came in this week. And in the middle, uh, we'll get into a comic. And of course, we're doing an Iron Man one, Iron Man Extremis. And then we'll finish up with our side stories where we talk about what we've been watching, reading, whatever we've been doing this week. All right, without further ado, let's hop into the news. We reported a while back that uh, Tennessee Coates, is that how you pronounce his name? I Writer. always read it as Tennessee Coates, but... Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's Tennessee. Okay. Tennessee? Now I don't know how to say it at all. <laughs> but he's a, a great writer, and he's written a bunch of comic books as well. And now he's on board to write the next Superman movie, and it's supposedly going to be a reboot, and J.J. Abrams is producing, and it will probably be, everyone saying, a black version of Superman would have a black actor. And now coming out of the Hollywood Reporter, they're saying that it might be a period piece. Interesting. They're talking about the 20th century uh, mm-hmm. period piece. And that kind of is an entire century. You don't know really when that <laughs> is going to take place in that timeline. But they're going to say it's a classic Superman story. An alien crash lands as a baby on Earth from Krypton mm-hmm. and grows up to be Superman. But, you know, the story kind of changes when you're in the, what, the 20s or the 80s, whatever right. time yeah. period it is. It's going to be different for a black superhero. It's going to take place December of 1999. Okay. So <laughs> might as well be that. Just cut it. That's where you can call it a period piece. When can we call it a period piece? Because I say 2000s to 2010 is a period piece already. I mean, everything single story is a period piece 
because like it's just a period that you tell it in like it could be now and that's a period piece it's now i don't get the term period piece i always say that it's whatever's not now i think is a period piece i don't whatever's know we're getting off track <laughs> <laughs> we're kind of getting off track here but uh let's say it's gonna be 20th century so at least we can narrow it down to a, a century yes we can uh what do you think of that that we're gonna have a black superman in the lead role i mean i'm thinking why not it makes sense you know yeah uh his powers are drawn from the sun he can take in more sun i think <laughs> there's more sun yes uh i would say it'd be cool if this was in the 1960s during civil rights movement um but also it's like i i always struggle with this when they have in um when they do real history they try to put real history in superhero stuff to mash it in there yeah it's like well then do they change anything like why did it like why would there still be a war if we had a superhero that could just stop the war yeah that's always a thing but uh, i mean this kind of comes up in jupiter's legacy in our recap show but the idea is that you know you don't want the superhero to do everything for you you want free will out in the world so that makes sense somewhat that's the cop out but i'd also believe that you know if we have someone with morals of superman Mm -hmm. yeah i i get it like they they're gonna go with um a black superman so now there's another added element of like racial injustice in there right yeah yeah which is a hot button topic um but i feel like there's almost any time you could put in the 20th century and it's like almost a different story you're telling yeah i mean you know the first superman comics came out uh in the 40s right so right everything now is actually not taking place when it first started out so exactly yeah i think they can maybe tell interesting stories back then you know um i think that'll be do pretty you, interesting do you think this will be kal-el or is it just another kryptonian i think it is kal-el i think they noted it is oh, kal-el okay. it is i think he might be called clark kent i think it still makes sense if that that's what happens it's 100 percent kal-el clark kent story right it's i just think so a different race yeah right? i mean that's pretty much it and why not we've had enough you know, white Supermans, we have uh, Christopher Reeves, Henry Cavill. What's his name? Brendan, whatever. <laughs> yeah, Brendan Roth. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be cool to have a different race. Um, they also say the villain is going to be Kryptonian. Are oh. you like disappointed in that? Or do you wish it was another villain? If it, is it just going to be General Zod again? I mean, that it makes sounds sense. like it is, but I mean, like we've never seen Brainiac yet. Brainiac is kind of like a, uh, outer space villain that's really prominent in the comics against Superman. So I'd love to see if it was Brainiac, but as long as it's not Lex Luthor, I'm fine with whoever they throw at him. You're tired of Lex? You don't, you don't want to see any of them? I, I mean, I, yeah. I hate, uh, Jesse. Eisenhower just as much as you do. (laughs) (laughs) So you love him. No, no. I think, uh, you know, it's an origin story. So I think they're doing that whole thing where the opponent is a mere copy of you, just the bad yeah, version, and uh, it's kind of easy to do that. So I think that's why they're doing that. Don't do that. I, I'd, I'd say, you know, venture off, do something else. But mm-hmm. if it makes sense and it's easier to do, still don't do it. <laughs> I, I, I have a feeling this is going to be like almost as if it was an Elseworld story. I don't think he's going to grow up on a farm in Kansas. I oh, would yeah. Think so him to grow up somewhere else and i think other than having superpowers and being superman i think it'd be like a totally different story and i hope it is because i don't want to see the same old stuff again um changing his race is not i don't think that's enough to be like this is a brand new story right yeah so i hope um i hope it's something almost completely different except that he is kryptonian he has powers oh okay i thought i thought 
there was gonna going be the you could see the difference the the mirror two of the two different races and how that origin story unfolds um and he would okay. still be on a farm and all that uh one thing to note in the message is uh we are still looking for a black director for the role because he said oh. you know abram's doing it again or doing this directing role would be kind of in bad taste i guess i don't know right he's only producing so mm-hmm. um we have a writer and a producer i don't know who could direct i don't know who wants to direct a superman movie seems like superman's always a tough character to tell a good story because he's so powerful yeah yeah i guess so i mean he has to be you know the best of us who could be the casted for it we, there's a lot of fan art already for um for michael b jordan um, i wonder if he's well, passed it already if we've had enough of him because he's i don't want him to be superman like he, the world's he golden boy of him like yeah just come on let's give other people a chance <laughs> <laughs> he's eating up too much of the movie theater screen okay I can see that too. If they do go with him, I think it'll still be really good and perfect. But let's see what else we can got got out there. Maybe someone that's not that famous. Henry Cavill wasn't that famous when he got the role. That's true. That's true. Um, this also kind of like marks the first like, hey, we're rebooting DC. Like, I know the Batman's coming out, but that seems like its own thing. And now their Snyder versus seems like this is like, hey, we're done with Snyder verse, and this is going to be its own thing now. And I don't know if these are going to connect. If this is going to connect to Batman, or every movie is just going to be its own thing now starting that's how dc will just make their movies going forward but this seems like it's not gonna have henry cavill at all and this is a new superman yeah the question is if it connects to something else and just like take place even back in the 90s that's still 30 about 30 years ago it'd be kind of weird if we jump into modern times and superman is older than all the other heroes or whatever that is Mm -hmm. however that lines up you know yeah because honestly at first i thought this is not kal-el he's kryptonian and he's superman but he's not kal-el because in man of steel we he goes to visit the ship crash kryptonian ship and some of those pods were already open so i was like oh that's what they're gonna do right okay all right but then now they're saying like oh no he is kal-el and there's no other superman in this story so i was like okay now it's a complete reboot yeah yeah i think uh i think a new reboot's the way to go just because connecting everything is going to be so much mayhem what's connected to what what version of what cut is in what universe is what where yeah it it does get confusing now even for me like someone who follows every movie it's like i'm getting a little confused yeah um and who started all being confused is marvel thanks they try to connect to all their movies um they released like a sizzle reel for phase four and it's really just a reminder for everyone like hey we're still making movies and we want you to go to the theater yes and they start off with these shots of the old movies different little vignettes of there right and you know they're really plugging in our heartstrings right there stan mm-hmm. lee thanks for you know yeah. using the situation to <laughs> get your fans riled up but i'm feeling it thanks yep. they even had footage of like in the theater reactions right of endgame audience reactions so they're like hey don't forget it's fun to watch movies in the theater remember that go back to the theater and spend money on us yeah <laughs> we pushed these back because of you guys <laughs> and the next one coming out is black widow they showed a bunch of footage of that most of it we've already seen and then also shang chi which uh the trailer dropped a couple of weeks ago so all that we've already seen yeah but we do get our first glimpse at the eternals movie yes um just kind of the gang meeting up right there and we have 
uh, Camille Nanjiani is in there. Um, Salma Hayek, Salma Angelina Hayek. Jolie. Yeah. A large cast. Um, are you excited for this movie now? Do you think Eternals is going to be like one of your more anticipated movies of the year? It seems intense how they look into the camera and all that, but there's still not enough to bite onto. Um, yeah. We need to have the feeling that they are eternal and grand. They've, if you know their story, it's kind of like they don't know they're super old. Uh, and then they learn yeah. this with us as the audience, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. Um, and they kind of have their own lives. And it's a weird mix of characters, which is what they're going to have to deal with. How is it going to feel right. like they're a group? I, I wasn't at first intrigued with this movie. But honestly, lately, Chloe Zhao, who's directing this movie, just won the Oscar for Best Director. Right. So now I'm like, this has to be good. <laughs> Yeah, for uh, Nomadland, right? Yeah, something like that, yeah. I remember uh, Chloe Zhao said, like, her pitch for this story, Eternals, was like, there's no way they're going to say yes if, for me. Yeah. Like, like Marvel, they're never going to say yes, but they did. And so it must be a really good story and kind of out there. Um, I think uh, I think my favorite character is going to be Gemma Chan. I think she's doing something interesting in that. It's really short stuff. I know she was a Marvel character in the past, but that doesn't matter. Apparently, she's like the lead of the movie. Like we're okay. following her character, which I'm surprised that she's the lead. Um, but yeah, I I really don't know the Eternals that much in the comics, so I'm hinging on the fact that there's a lot of buzz about it right now. People are saying like it could be an Oscar contender. That's Ooh, how wow. good of a movie what? they're making. It might be like. The it's like a comic book movie second and just a great movie first, which how all comic book movies should be. But given the cast that they have, Angelina Jolie, um, and having this year's best director at the helm, like I expect this movie to be really good now. I like it maybe jump to the top of my list of what I want to see. Like, yeah, I want to see Black Widow, but I don't think that's gonna win Best Picture. Uh, we haven't seen much of the like magic in it or whatever it is the the powers yet. We saw um, Angelina Jolie's sword, and that was kind of about it. They were suited right. up for a second, but maybe their powers not so much. Someone has super speed on the team. That's kind of mm-hmm. cool. We kind of just see them kind of stoically look into the camera. Um, we got two Game of Thrones guys. There's the Rob Stark. Is that his name? Yeah, uh, Roberts, Richard Madden, and Kit Harrington, Jon Snow. He's They're playing both in it. Black Knight. So that's uh, yeah. he's not part of the team. So I'm he's playing see. Martin Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm excited for this, but I'm also excited for everything else they announced because they announced dates for their movies oh, yeah. um, for next year and the year after. First thing coming out uh, in, in July of next year, so just a little over a year from now. Black Panther two, Wakanda Forever. Okay, that's that's uh, pulling the heartstrings there. I mean, wow. Yeah, I still don't know. This seems like the biggest undertaking for the, all of the movies that they're talking about. How do you replace an actor like Chadwick Boseman? How do you continue the story? Uh, it's still up in the air. I don't know how they're going to do this. I think uh, Lupita said that she likes what uh, Ryan Coogler's doing and has a real hands-on um, idea for it. So I think it's in good hands. Mm, yeah. If anyone could kind of like work this out, it's Ryan Coogler. Uh, he knows the character and Wakanda in and out so I I don't have like a fear I don't think they're gonna like follow this yeah yeah i it's just like a hard task i don't know how you continue the story without chadwick but um it's coming out almost like a little more than a year from now so uh we'll probably see something towards the end of the year a trailer maybe hopefully but it's called wakanda forever in the next uh, november of 2022 we're gonna get the marvels oh yeah so uh there's gotta be uh miss marvel captain marvel and then um from one division right that yeah. miss marvel captain marvel whatever that monica rambo's character yeah, yeah. 
yes. whatever she's going to be called. Um, how do you fit all these characters into one movie? What are they going up against? Obviously, now it'll probably take place in present time. Um, yeah, a lot of questions still for this this movie. I think a lot of it will be answered in, in the coming Miss Marvel series. Give us a better clue of what that movie will be like. But I don't know. Like Right now, those three characters seem like a mishmash together. Yeah, I mean, Monica and uh, Brie Larson's character, they know each other in the past, but it's, it's been decades by, by now. And then you have yeah. weird emotions about how she kind of left or hasn't been back in a while. And um, the fangirl part of Miss Marvel is going to be kind of fun. And I think that's going to bring yeah. levity to the sh- to whatever it is. Yeah. I know we're going to see it in the show, but I wonder like how her powers are going to look on screen as like in big and like my hand is hella big. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of ridiculous. I think it's gonna, we're going to see that in the show and she's going to figure it yeah, out definitely. while we get to the movie. Yeah. It's literally the name of the power is embiggening. <laughs> <laughs> So that's um, going to come out in 2022. In 2023, we're also going to get Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. That's coming out February. That, we know, is going to have Kang the Conqueror in it. Oh, right. Uh, Jonathan Majors from uh, uh, Lovecraft Country. Right. And in May of 2023, the third installment of Guardians of the Galaxy. It seems like out of all the Marvel franchises, Guardians of the Galaxy has the biggest like time in between each movie. Like One and two seem like, whatever, four years in between, and now it's like another five or, or six years in between since two and three. I mean, it's kind of the weird place where it's kind of introducing the Earth people and just all that to cosmic stuff. And that's mm-hmm. where the big trouble is. So, mm-hmm. and then it's wrapped around fun stuff of Guardians. Also, they fired and rehired the same director. Yes. <laughs> so that might, you know, push back your timeline a bit. Yeah. He made a whole nother comic book movie in between. In between because he had free time on his hands. But we do know James Gunn is back for the third. It's the same script that he wrote and oh. everybody's coming back. Um, Dave Bautista yeah. mentioned that this might be the last time we see Drax. I don't know if he knows some insider thing. Like, I guess he read the script and all that. But people online are saying because of the coloring of the title sequences where Guardians of the Galaxy says it's like brown for Groot because he dies in the first one and then red and blue for volume two. And then number three is kind of like a greenish gray, kind of like Drax. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't notice until... Instagram told me. <laughs> okay. Mm, all right. Um, I just think he doesn't want to wear all that body makeup anymore. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> yeah. He wants to get out of there? Yeah. Um, I really like the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. And I think the first one's like one of my favorite MCU movies of all time. Second one's not as good, but I really enjoyed it a lot. We were arguing Third about this one, yesterday. I, I yeah. like the second one because no. it makes me want to cry at the end of the movie. The first one, I get it all around is kind of a better story. It's a better movie. Movie. No. But the second one <laughs> makes you cry at the end of the movie. The first one doesn't. Um, okay, I guess. Uh the third one, like I hope that they go maybe bigger and more cosmic and lead into the more lean into the more of the space stuff of Marvel. Because I know the second one kind of went inward more, them as a family. Now I want to go the other way and expand. And I know that might happen because, I mean, if they continue with the story they let up with the end of part two, we're going to get Adam Warlock. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I'd be so juiced up when we saw that the first time. I'd explain everyone at the theater who was in the cocoon because they didn't know because they don't read comics. <laughs> uh, that felt good. But uh, yeah, I want them to get bigger with all the cosmic stuff. Maybe get some Nova stuff in there, introduce more cosmic yeah. things and unfold that into other movies. Maybe get into Annihilation and that leads into maybe Fantastic Four. Yes. And Fantastic Four is kind of 
like the last thing they're talking about. They didn't say Fantastic Four, but they ended with like a big four logo. I mean, on come this on. is a real. So we already know it's coming and it's going to be directed by the Spider-Man director, John Watts. So it's going to have, I feel like the same vibe as Spider-Man Homecoming. A little maybe lighter, funner. And um, we know that's probably going to be coming, um, I guess, because Guardians is early. It comes out in May of 2023. I wouldn't be surprised if end of May 2020 or end of 2023 is when Fantastic Four comes out. I mean, uh, do we really need another Fantastic Four? Miles Taylor's Fantastic Four was just a smash hit. It was amazing, right? <laughs> I totally forgot about that one. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about, Chris Evans? <laughs> <laughs> We need Fantastic Four because we need Doctor Doom. That's all we want it for. Yeah, that's why I want it. We need Doctor Doom. We need another big villain, a Thanos level villain. And to me, he's a Thanos level villain. Um, he's a villain for all of Marvel, not just Fantastic Four. But we need Fantastic Four to get him. So, uh, am I a huge fan of the first family? Not really, but I love their main guy, Doctor Doom. Some of the criticism is the Fantastic Four, the first family. They're kind of retro and outdated. But if we get into sure. like FF stuff, it's actually wow. This is like kind of trippy and weird stuff. Let's get into that. Yeah, yeah. Dragon Man. Dragon Man. <laughs> Honestly, Dragon Man's kind of old nowadays. We got it yeah. when he's got like mole kids running around. They they have like a whole orphanage. <laughs> Yeah, so how fast are they gonna like catch up to the comics and the movies? Um, we'll see. I don't know. I don't. Do you want them to do a whole origin again, or just like be like, boom, here's Fantastic Four. Here's a reason why they haven't been around, but they're now here. Or do you want to be like, no, they're all scientists and they go into space and get their powers still? You know how we said they're kind of like retro. I want them to be scientists back when the comics were first being written, and they mm-hmm. jump into this other dimension and they jump back into present time. So they, okay. they've been gone for decades and. Some Somehow, you know, Reed Richards is still super smart and can pick up modern day science. And it's like unnaturally smart how he can pick stuff up. And that'd be, I think that'd be kind of cool. And, yeah. you know, there'll be a juxtaposition, another, another family at a time like Captain America. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That'd be cool. So plenty to look forward to in phase four. No X-Men announced yet. Um, that's probably going to be in the next phase or whatever. And then, um, yeah, they didn't even really talk about like Thor 4 or, any, or uh, they didn't release anything of that. They also said like, what is it? Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Is, they said the date of that too. So it fits in somewhere there. Yeah. yeah. And then Spider-Man's at the end of this year. So lot lot of movies. Are you ready to go back to the theater? Uh, it's got me convinced. I want to go. I, I want to see all these. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to be spoiled. I'll tell you that. I need to see him. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see if the theaters, hopefully, I mean, everyone's safe enough to go back to the theaters. If not, you could stay home and watch HBO and watch the spinoff to Game of Thrones. Right. It's called the home box office for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with the spinoff prequel is called The House of Dragons. It's a prequel taking place 300 years before the first uh, books and first uh, right. before the uh, series TV show started. Yeah, House of the Dragon. It sounds like a very good Chinese restaurant. Yeah, I'll take the uh, really want prawns. <laughs> it focuses on the Targaryens when they were in charge. It's uh, you know a civil war between Targaryen brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, vying for the throne another game of thrones they're trying to get to the iron throne um, right but within one family this time yeah and it looks cool it looks just like game of thrones but because this is not like from the books so like atrio can like write their own story and uh honestly i like i trust them more than r.r martin because <laughs> finish your book dude this is based on books this is based on uh the companion book fire and blood 
Oh, really? Oh, dang it. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe I won't like it then. <laughs> Are you serious? You didn't like the first Game of Thrones? It's going to be good. They're starting from a kind of a clean slate, you know. There's still a lot to build off on. Um, some of the shots, it looks like it's out of the Game of Thrones TV show, but everyone is all these Targaryens. They look more striking with their white hair. Bet Smith is a, a guy I know. He's playing one of the uh, Targaryen uh, royalty, and he's kind of in, an heir for the throne right now. Yeah, uh, it's going to take me a while to get used to it. Like, it took me a while to really sink my teeth into the Game of Thrones, the show. Oh, yeah. Like, I ha- I think I wasn't really into it until I watched the whole first season. Like, oh. the finale of the first season was what hooked me to watch the rest of it. So, this has to, like, start strong. I'm going to give it a bigger chance because it is Game of Thrones. I knew I liked the original series, but, like, it's got big shoes to fill. Yeah. Westworld couldn't do it. No. I can't. I don't believe anyone that says that it uh, filled that hole. Um, but, <laughs> you know, these are older characters. If they don't paint themselves into a corner by having to relate these to future characters i think it'll turn out good they again it's a whole new cast so there needs to be good chemistry and all that right um right these are all these old houses like stark and lannisters are still in this but again three centuries before their ancestors right yes uh all right well not much release on that it's just the images uh it looks like game of thrones i think we're gonna you have... could tell me you could tell me these are from the original series i would have believed you <laughs> oh yeah i guess so i think we're gonna have more dragons this time around i think they're gonna be oh, yeah. even bigger because as dragons like a house of them yeah whole house they're just there's gonna be no people there's gonna be a lot of big lizards talking to each other <laughs> and one giant gorilla yeah oh you got me <laughs> Alright. Uh, anything else you want to talk about for House of Dragons? I don't know, not much is released. No, no, not yet. I'm excited. You know, we got Game of Thrones comic a little while back, so I'm kind mm. of in the feels for it now. I'm in the throes of it. Cool. Uh, that is it for the news this week. Guys, if you haven't already, please do not forget to subscribe to the Reader Copy Podcast. Just search us on whatever podcast platform you're using and hit the subscribe button, like, share, and leave a review if you can. And also give your take on all the comic book news that came out. What do you like, what do you dislike on all the social medias? You can find us at the reader copy podcast on instagram facebook and twitter all right let us not forget it is middle of iron may and let's continue on with iron man extremis You know, a big part of Tony Stark's character is being a futurist. And I think that's mm-hmm. a big example in the comic we're doing today, Iron Man Extremis. Uh, Extremis. I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm just guessing. Yeah. I think it's Extremis, like extremities. Extremities. Okay. Extremities. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, extra emities. Extra emities. <laughs> Let's figure this out. We'll uh, we'll talk. We'll get back to you. But this is a Marvel comic, of course, and it is covering the first six issues of Volume Four of of the Iron Man series. Um, mm-hmm. That volume went out to thirty five issues, but we're just doing the first six. This one came out in the year of two thousand five. Um, a bit about our writer. We've seen him before for our next wave comic. It is Warren Ellis. Right. And, um, you know, he does a lot of social commentary. I mean, a lot of comic book writers do that. But one thing that's cool about him is he also likes the subject of transhumanism. Do you know what that is? Um, I think so. Yeah, it kind of uh, points to our comic today. It's kind of like futuristic stuff, like um cryonics where you freeze your body until the future or oh, putting your mind crayons. yes exactly <laughs> putting putting your brain on a on a hard drive somewhere you know just trying to get to the future like these weird ideas out there right future sciencey uh tech things you know um, okay making yourself bionic by putting like a robotic eye in your eye he likes that subject for some reason 
And, um, you know, that, that comes up in this comic today. Uh, a bit of an artist, his name is Adi Granov. Uh, he's a Bosnian-American uh, comic book artist. But he's also worked as a concept designer and even worked on the 2008 Iron Man movie. Actually, oh, okay. yeah. John Favreau won him specifically to uh, help out with the concept art for, for the first movie. The art looks like it's drawn photographs almost. Kind of, right. Yeah, really realistic. I think he kind of pretties up the people a bit more and it feels like a bit sterile in the way it looks kind of for some reason subject matter like maybe I don't know digital airbrushed realism I don't know like it looks real but I know it's like not I can tell it's not real but it looks real uncanny it's valley like bits 85% there yeah yeah <laughs> airbrush is a good good idea it's like photoshopped photos yeah so let's jump into the story we meet up with our, our main kind of villain for the comic his name is Mullen and he's just a regular old kind of a terrorist and his group huddle up in a abandoned dingy warehouse as they inject Malin with the extremist virus this um, needle gun points straight into Malin's back of his neck and it injects this foreign virus into his body yeah it's almost like this goo stuff that's like in a tube and then it, it leaves the tube and goes straight to like the back of his head and he is in pain like he's starting to scream just yelling out freaking out as he goes down to his knees screams out uh for a second nothing happens uh, the two goons there that are tending to Malin are like oh what's going on out of nowhere he just vomits out this like black kind of almost living goo out of his mouth his eyes go red and he's screaming and we can see his veins popping out and two guys get out of there because something's about to go down yeah i think it's bad now wait till he gets a second dose in like three weeks he's gonna start feeling it <laughs> <laughs> okay, we meet up with Tony, uh, and he's waking up now in his garage. This is not that braggadocious Tony Stark we had in the last uh, mm. story, Enter the Mandarin. This is kind of the at his wit's end Tony. He's kind of tired. He's kind of all his focus on is being Iron Man, right? He's not the playboy right. millionaire type right now. Yes. Um, this, in a way, because it came out kind of right before the movie, Marvel Comics wanted this to be almost like a soft reboot, where it's like, don't tell a whole origin story, but it is an entryway for new comic book readers to get into Iron Man. So uh, a lot of it kind of just explains Tony and is like a retelling a little bit, but like not a full restart. Right, yeah. We'll get into some flash flashbacks in a bit but that's kind of uh, where we get his whole backstory. Right. Now we jump to Austin and we're at this uh, company, Future Farm, like uh, P-H-A-R-M, Future Pharmacy. Right. Right. And we meet up with a character that actually shows up in Iron Man 3. Uh, and the movie's more fleshed out, but this is this guy, Dr. Aldrich Killian. And right now he's just writing out a confession note on his computer, typing it out. Apparently, Aldrich Killian was the one that let out the extremist virus. He's the whole reason why this dangerous virus got out there. Right. He got leaked because of him. He's the creator of it, but he's writing out this confession because uh, it's the reason it's out there now and it's in the hands of like the terrorists. Yes, he's kind of shooken up by this whole ordeal. He pulls out a gun out of his desk and he shoots himself in the head just immediately. Like really tragic there what he does. And it points to the awful thing he just did right right letting out this virus and we meet up with maya hansen another doctor at future farm and she's surprised to see the dead body in front of her um, she's also an iron man 3 she's also an iron man 3 that's right 
Um, and she um, was the one that found the body, but also she's worried about the extremist virus getting out. She sees on the printer, it's like printed out the confession, right? Yeah. And she grabs it. And we cut now back to Tony. And he's forced. It's not really forced, but like he doesn't want to do this, but he's back in his suit. Like like you said, he's used to just being Iron Man right now, like working in his garage. But now he's back in like his office and he's being interviewed by like this. He's almost like a gotcha reporter. Yeah, maybe like a, a Michael Moore documentarian. Right, yeah. And there's a lot of protesters outside too, like they're protesting against Tony because like he's made millions making, you know, dangerous weapons. Right, the military contracts and all that. And that's what this uh, documentarian is here for. He's like making this documentary about these people that profited from all the like awful things that's been right. bought, right? Um, he points out that Tony, uh, his first initial contracts were for um, all these weapons that were sent off to Afghanistan and all mm. these um, sentinel landmines. We actually jump into a flashback of the landmine where um, Tony, he was out on the field with the military. This is a flashback to when he first got injured, right? His whole origin story. Right. And where he got like shrapnel in his chest now. Yes. The, um, the enemies shot up one of the landmines and a fragment of it got stuck in his heart, right? In his chest. And that's where we get that whole backstory about how he's slowly dying because the, the shrapnel's eking into his heart. And I mentioned this is right before the movie and they're trying to get hype for the movie. Oh, yeah. And have like an entryway for new comic readers. And I believe that because when you look at Tony Stark, and remember how I said like the art in this book is very realistic. Uh, it doesn't look like Robert Downey, but I do think it looks like their first choice to play Iron Man, uh, which was Tom Cruise. Yeah, I could see that. Wow. Kind of in that old style, yeah. Yeah, it, I think he looks like Tom Cruise. Well, a taller Tom Cruise, but <laughs> they're trying to, it's Tom Cruise with a goatee mustache. I can see that now, yeah. Oh, man. What do you think the MC would have turned out to be if we did not get Robert Downey and his whole feeling to it and his backstory? What if we had Tom Cruise? A guy who's already successful doing the role. Um, not the same. I don't think it would be as good. It'd be as popular as like the X Men movies or something like that. Yeah, I think so. There's like popular to comic book fans, but not everyone in the world. We don't get the buy in that Robert Downey he really needed it and it shows, right? Yeah, and like I don't know how we would mesh with Terrence Howard. Okay. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> he might have Terrence Howard might have want to stick around and ruin Ooh, all yeah. of the MCU. <laughs> All right, back to the story. Um, and again, the documentary is like pointing out all these different weapons he started out building for the military. Um, like this big like super gun that shot out like from miles away, right? This super right. thing that kind of erupted all these wars in the past. While Tony's like, well, I'm not doing these military contracts anymore. Um, you know, mm -hmm. all the technology we're doing is like medical stuff, like for uh, uh, also like for propulsion for rocket ships, right? It's not right. all of these military contracts that we're signing up for like we did in the past. And this is always that thing about Tony, what he feels guilty about. Right, exactly. Um, he's even playing with this documentary guy. He starts drawing an Iron Man suit as he's like kind of multitasking in the in the interview. Uh huh. And he even asked him about the Iron Man suit that he created for his quote unquote bodyguard. It's still that side score from like the last comic where the world doesn't know he's Iron Man. They think he created the suit and it's his bodyguard in the suit, right? Yes, yes. The documentary guy says like, uh, that suit of armor, like what is it really? Is it just another weapon for the mili military to use down the road? Mm -hmm. And Tony's like, no, military cannot touch this and I loan it to like the Avengers sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really as like a search and rescue type of tool. Okay, so, you know, Tony, he's kind of fed up with all this criticism and all these things going thrown at him. 
Um, the interview ends there, and he even like pushes some back at this guy. He's saying like, you know, you've made all these documentaries, exposés, and all that. What have you really done? And he kind of leaves it there as he kind of like drops the mic on this guy. Yeah, this guy thinks he's all high and mighty, exposing all these corrupt corporate people. But like, has he changed the world? Because Tony is trying to change the world now for the better. You can't really say. You know, he's just kind of yeah. in entertainment, I guess. We get a snapshot of Malin again in that dingy warehouse, and if you could see, he's his body, his outer skin, it's like crystalline. It's like a rock hard, like molten lava around his skin. His entire body is, we don't see any flesh. It's just like this hard rock. Right. It looks like a scene from Saw because he's just like in this like butcher room, but there's nothing there and his body just laying on the ground. And like you said, it's it's like hardened into this weird texture and it looks like he's like dead there, but his eyes are like glowing red. Huh. Something's going on. Something's changing in him. Tony, as he leaves that interview, he jets out. He goes down into his basement to put on the Iron Man suit. He cancels all his meetings and he uh, suits up into his his uh, armor there. Now, we're used to Iron Man, like, super slick, suit forms around him, flies on him. But this is before all that. This is still, like, he's wearing, like, a tank and he has to put on the pieces one at a time, like, actually put it on himself like clothes. And he even says, like, I'm surprised this used to fit in a suitcase because now it's, like, he's put so much tech into it that it's almost, like, cumbersome. Yeah, it's kind of, it feels like he's lumbering around right? every time he has to go anywhere. Um, as he jets off out of the roof, the protesters even get a look at Iron Man and they think Iron Man's kind of cool. They still hate Stark, but wow, yeah. superhero right there. They don't realize it's him in the suit. They're like, uh, Tony Stark sucks, but Iron Man's dope. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I like about Stark Industries, we get a flashback now uh, back at a um, tech conference and we see a young Maya Hansen introducing herself to a young Tony Stark. This is just like the opening scene of Iron Man 3 Yeah, where they're meeting up at a bar and they're pretty much hitting on each other and Maya is like the first person to talk to Tony like as a person because the world knows him as this like rich billionaire but she kind of like flirts with him just as like a guy right yeah this tony stark wonderkin wonder boy is like all the rage but they're actually talking like people right mm -hmm. and this points to uh what we get to in present day where maya hansen is actually calling up tony stark uh asking for help right an old yeah. friend back in the day and uh, she just kind of witnessed uh, a coworker's death in front of her. So Tony says, yeah, he'll he'll pass by. You can help out, right? It seems like she's in need, so he'll fly over there. And on the flight there, he actually takes on a, an executive meeting, uh, like yeah. like video calls Zooming nowadays. This was high tech back in the day, in 2005. Right. Are you kidding me? And they're talking about like the new technology that they're building as, as Stark Industries. And what they built is like this new, like the most advanced cell phone that they yeah, talk about. But when you look at it, it looks like an old Nokia or like a Palm Pilot because this is before iPhones. <laughs> so it's just so funny. It's like, we built the most advanced smartphone and then he's showing it and it's like, it looks like the oldest phone I've ever seen. Straight bricks, you know, this thing. Did you ever have these like Nokia phones? Because I had one of these for yeah. a while. I had one, yep. You had to like pull out the antenna a little bit. Like, oh, it stings wow. out, sticks no. out. I didn't have one of those. I just had the rectangle and I had mm -hmm. it kind of embarrassingly long because we weren't rich and I couldn't afford it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this thing could barely play Snake. I could probably survive today though. It's so durable. <laughs> it's like stronger than the Iron Man suit. And the whole idea is the executives want Tony kind of out of the role as CEO, but Tony's sticking to that role because he wants no military contracts, right? Right. He wants full control because he knows once he gives up control, 
whoever is in charge of the company is going to go back to making weapons to make money and he wants nothing to do with that chasing the money right Maya Hansen explains that extremists got out there out of Future Farm and he has no idea how to find it right how how are we going to get the backer and stop whatever mayhem is going to be caused by this super virus that kind of grants people super strength uh, superpowers that we can't really explain right right so Tony he has like this technology where like he puts like this USB drive into Killian's computer and through this he copies the hard drive and sends it through the satellite that he owns and back down to like his main tech guy right to review the hard drive but it's funny here because like he says like yeah I have my own like set of satellites in space that is my own personal internet like no one can access his internet (laughs) but him that's kind of cool I'll say you know this is older technology but having your own internet that would be kind of cool today even I bet like these rich types have their own internet I bet Elon Musk and Zuckerberg they have their own worldwide network well you know uh, what's it called SpaceX just launched something where they have their own internet now like their own proprietary internet Starlink uh, just came out okay is it called Skynet. It's called Starlink. Pretty close, right? (laughs) (laughs) So these two uh, technologists, right? Maya Hansen in the biology field and uh, Tony in like mechanical engineering, right? They they have this old uh, mentor back in the day, this really hippie type, uh, Silicon Valley kind of meditator uh, hippie type that knows all about technology and was their mentor back in the day. Right. They go to seek advice from him, right? They go to like his, this is like a Palo Alto house, right? It's in in the woods or whatever. This dude, like you said, it's like a hippie guy that is super smart in tech and he has like an iPad, iPod, uh, video iPod, like around his neck. Yeah, right. right. Uh, like Hawaiian shirt, but has all this high tech stuff around. Drinks uh, grass juice and all that. Right. But he's like an uppy tech guy, right? He, this guy, like taught both of them in the past. So he really thought these two were going to be like the future of their industries, respective fields. But he's trying to tell him, like, you guys kind of fell short of what I thought you would be. He's saying, like, oh, Maya, you let this virus out there that hasn't got attention until now. And Tony, all you built was this, like, suit of armor. You didn't, like, really change the world like you expected to. Right. So it's like no one talks to them this way. Like no one really talks to Tony like in a, like a this type of demeanor. And he's telling him like, you know, you think you're doing great being like making the Iron Man suit, but like you could do so much more. So why aren't you doing more? It kind of just puts them in their tracks right there. Like realize they are not living up to their potential. And then out of nowhere, Maya gets a phone call about some news going on. Tony opens up his phone, <laughs> his uh, Palm Pilot phone to the, the 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 news channel. This is high tech back in the day. Let me tell you, 2005, <laughs> and apparently Mullen. The guy from earlier has uh, erupted from his cocoon out of his extremist cocoon and has gone on a rampage uh, on the FBI headquarters. Like you said, now he has like superpowers and the extremist is almost like an offshoot of the super soldier serum. Yeah. Where like now he has super strength and he even has like almost like like built up energy within him, right? Just like in Iron Man 3. But he's attacking all these FBI guards and like he's almost like clawing them in half just with his bare hands. He's bulletproof. He's even doing straight up fire breathing like a dragon just mowing down these uh, FBI agents. So this is serious business now, right? Tony has to like drop off Maya to get get to uh, handling Malin. Uh, they leave on his private jet, and Maya explains that 
uh, somehow uh, Killian got to the virus and left it out to the world. To I don't, I don't know why. Can't understand why he would do this type of thing. And this virus gives you superpowers. It puts you in a in a cocoon and you get all these powers that come out of nowhere. It, like it almost like reformats your your body. Like it says like you know when you throw he was throwing up that goo. It's like er, throwing up all of like the wrong stuff in your body. And then when you're in the cocoon, it like redoes your organs and redoes your DNA. And you come out like this super soldier almost, right? But almost like out of control. Yes. Haywire. So as they land, Tony lets Maya drive off in one of his, you know, many cars. And he goes into the back hangar where he called up his uh, Iron Man suit to be dropped off. As he's suiting. And it's not like in a, it's not like in like a little box or anything. Like it has to be delivered in like this huge crate because it's still not as sleek as like what we think Iron Man to be. Like it's still like I have to put on this. It's like he's a knight wearing armor. Yeah, I think in uh, Avengers 1, we had this, right? In the Hela character, he's like this whole gigantic setup to yeah, just yeah. keep his Iron Man suit. Same thing. <laughs> so he suits up and flies out to where he knows Malin is, right? He has a look at this guy, and now he knows where he can find him. And we quickly get a flashback of Malin and his kind of motivations. As a young kid, his uh, hillbilly parents were uh, killed off because of the kind of awful things they did. And growing up, Malin didn't understand why the people who were, they were just defending themselves were killed off by the government. But uh, really, they were not that good people. Do you know what the ATF is? Um, What is that? I think it stands for like alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. What? And it's like, it's their idea is like the government is overstepping and controlling what we can have, right? All right. And this led to even like the Waco, Texas in, in real life. Oh, sure. Okay. Like the, the whole like massacre that happened there right starring uh taylor kitsch is that what happened i, I think so <laughs> okay yeah uh but yeah like it was like i forget how long it was but it was like months standoff between them and the cops and then finally cops had to like raid and like something like dozens of people died oh wow because they're trying to tar- start like a revolution against the u.s government and that's kind of like what this Mullen guy as a kid had to experience like his family was part of that um they're not specifically saying that but like that's kind of like what they're alluding to. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. So, like, he thinks the government is too controlling. He doesn't realize that his parents were, like, also, like, kind of, like, terrorists. So, he just sees, like, the government killed my parents. So, now he's, like, anti-establishment, anti-government. And now he has superpowers to go along with it. I see. Okay. That's what brought up him being uh, an extremist, if you will, and yeah. took on the virus and did all this. So, Iron Man, he sees Malin in the back of a van. And Iron Man just straight up cuts the van in half down the middle to get away the the two other guys away from Malin because they're about to get a show down the middle of the road. As- Iron Man is using like his repulsors on him, but Malin's kind of just like taking it. It doesn't affect him. He's like getting hit in the chest and he's still like running towards Iron Man. What's funny here is Malin actually goes into a Naruto run. Do you know what that is? Where he-, <laughs> he puts his hands I know it from him. basketball. I know it from basketball. What does players. that mean? Because basketball players do it when they come out to to the court. I love that. <laughs> so so Malin does a Naruto run to get away from his repulsors pulsar beam gets to iron man's side and <laughs> does a fire breath straight into his iron man suit he even has like almost like electro shock powers like 
he is grabbing Iron Man and like electrocuting him and Iron Man's like almost like frozen in there and then he picks him up and throws him up into the air and he lands like on the highway on top of like a car destroying it imagine like a tank falling onto a car in the highway like that's what Iron Man just did and like I said he is just like a man in an iron suit so like if you fell that high and down like yeah your suit would still be intact but internally you're like like probably like bleeding internally now yeah you're like you're just in this box bunching bunching around right you're gonna get hurt right yeah Mullen is doing some drastic stuff like tossing cars at Tony and it just collides into Tony's suit he even lifts one up and is ready to hammer it down onto Tony. This car has two people in it too. Right. So Tony has to use what power he has left to do like one of those chest blasts and he hits Mullen with everything he's got and he knocks him out and Iron Man catches the car. But throughout this fight, we get like all the, like the AI readings in his helmet and it looks like he's like used up all his power. It says like 0% now. So he can't even carry that car anymore. Like the car crushes him. And the, this Porsche just lands straight onto Tony's body and all the fire is going around. We see Mullen as Tony barely sees Mullen fly away and get out of there as the choppers come. And Iron Man uses the last of his energy to move the this car out of the way, out of the fires and uh, kind of lift it out of the way. But it's funny here because like the, the computer in him is like, okay, restarting, rebooting everything. And it's like, okay, you now have 1% power. And he's like, okay, that's enough. And like he lifts the car away. <laughs> so literally this Iron Man suit cannot move at all. He's beat up in there. So he gets helicopter lifted all the way to Future Farm, not a hospital, to Future Farm where Maya Hansen is. Yeah, like it's funny. Like he is airlifted. Like the helicopter has a rope down to Iron Man and he's like dangling down under the helicopter. Laying down. It's like they're moving a tank. Like he is just so heavy. Totally. So Maya's like, okay, take him into the into the future farm, but we don't we're not really a hospital. We don't know what to do. I guess totally only trust me to do this. And all the other doctors leave the room and it's just the two of them, Maya and the Iron Man suit in there. And it's revealed that Tony's in there. It's like <laughs> She's like, Oh, I, I didn't know that you were the actual Iron Man in there, right? And that's why he's she's the only one he trusts. So she's like removing the pieces of the Iron Man suit, like one piece at a time. And we can see like she removes like the the shin protection, and under that his leg is like broken, and like removes like the palm, and his hand is like all crushed, just so, like bleeding everywhere. Inside the Iron Man suit, he is like in pain. Um, one thing to note is like the worst part is the internal bleeding. His organs are failing now, and they're gonna kill him if they don't do anything. Right. And he looks like a mess. He's all bloody and beat up. His hair is all messed up this is the most he looks like uh tom cruise he really looks like tom cruise in this picture. <laughs> <laughs> and he's telling maya it's like look i'm gonna die there's the only thing that saved me is you inject me with the extremist virus right that, that virus it fixes all the things wrong with you and right. uh you know i have some plans for that too maybe i can use it to control my iron man suit a little bit better right and i think like it's a newer version so it's not going to give him like super strength and all that but he's almost like injecting it so that he has like a layer of iron man suit on him at all times yeah that can communicate to the outer external suits right that right. was the big thing is he can't build in the communication between you know, like a computer inside of the Iron Man suit. But this little suit that builds on the outside is going to be the computer for him. Exactly. So, like, instead of him, like, commanding the Iron Man suit to punch, he can just punch and it's, like, instant, no latency. Whereas the old suit, it was, like, it took forever to do anything. That's why he lost. Yeah, basically 5G. Yeah. <laughs> 
So uh, Maya is really hesitant to do this because it's going to be some drastic DNA rewriting involved, right? Right. But uh, he says he but, needs to do this for to fix his organs. Right. He even knows where Mullen's headed because he saw that he had a map and circled on it is Washington, D.C. Oh, crap. So he's like, he's going straight for the Capitol. I'm the only one that can stop him. Even Maya's like, dude, call the other Avengers. <laughs> And he's like, no, this is my fight, which is always the answer on why there's no other superheroes helping. So they do it, I guess. They inject him with this new configuration of the extremist virus. And he does that like gut-wrenching weird look where he like flips out in there and goes unconscious. And here is where we get a little flashback of when he was first in the origin story, recovering from the landmine in his chest. Right. And meeting Yinsen for the first time, this kind of... Uh, doctor mentor type figure that was the one that actually fixed him at the first time around and helped him build the first Mach 1 Iron Man suit. I really like this because it's a way to tell his origin without really telling his origin, right? And because he, he like passes out taking the extremis and he wakes up and you think it's like with Maya, but it's actually back with Jensen. So it's like, it's almost like a hallucination while he's still unconscious in real time. And we're getting to see him uh, escape being captured uh, with like his first super bulky refrigerator iron man costume totally totally while on the outside he is in again one of those crystalline forms like just on this table he's just uh like almost like a mummy he looks like a sarcophagus because he's just in this rock formation it's cool though because then maya is like taking x-rays of him and like before that his fingers are all like broken but inside the cocoon his fingers are like healing and they're like re-establishing each other so like it's it's working in there just we don't know how long it's going to take and ultimately what happens in the cocoon is this big like eruption comes out of his chest and this rock cocoon kind of uh crumbles down like like lava and just falls to the ground and tony looks better than ever it's weird because he's fully healed but he has like almost like these matrix holes around his body like on his forearms on his chest right and those is like where his suit lives on him at all times yeah, it's kind of weird. He can rewrite his DNA throughout his body to form this outer layer. And that's what's going to communicate with his new Iron Man suit. And he like gets into this like golden form from his whole outside. <laughs> and it's kind of funny looking. So when he activates the extremis, his body is now covered in like gold. Uh, he looks like the vision almost. Oh, right yeah. Now. Okay. Yeah. And then with that, he can summon the rest of his like Iron Man armor onto him. You remember in Iron Man 3 when it was like all the parts were like flying on him? Like that's totally. how it works now. Yeah. Jump straight to him and he can put it on right away. What's kind of cool is he can also like make phone calls within his head. He can call up yeah. Maya on the phone and he's not moving his mouth, but he's talking to Maya over the phone. Some trippy stuff right there. But really, it's to use his new Iron Man suit and fly off down near Washington and find Malin and just launch a gigantic repulsor ray straight into Malin back and iron man like he can move a lot quicker now it's not like this machine that he's running it's like he is the suit so like he he's like punching and doing his blast and it just like feels a part of him now right it's like an extremity of his as he tosses <laughs> all these cars at Mullen and, and fights him off and just like shoots it out instantly out of his fists Mullen still tries to put up a fight using his uh, flamethrower mouth and everything but Tony's like I'm upgraded now there's no stopping me and you can really feel right. him just kind of overpower him as they fight it off they almost land in like this construction site Mullen's throwing like a, one of those big ball and chains at Iron Man but Iron Man rips off like the dump part of a dump truck like yeah. the, the scooper part and like he just like crushes Mullen with it <laughs> 
headbutts him straight down to the ground. Mullen tries to use his uh, lightning fist to take down his suit of armor, but it doesn't work this time. As um, Mullen pounces on him, tries to break open his armor. Iron Man screaming like, Mullen, stop. Don't make me do this because he knows there's only like one way to get out of this. But Mullen won't stop. He's like insane now. So Iron Man has no choice. He uses his like chest blast and just like fires a laser straight through Mullen's body. Right. So that's that's the end of him. He had to do it because it was getting drastic there. And he just kicked him around too. Like, why did you make me do that? Yeah, he had to kill him. But then uh, there's one thing he has to do next. He goes back to future farm and he's with a bunch of military guards there because they have to mm-hmm. approach Maya. Yeah. And he's like, guards, arrest this woman. <laughs> so... Tony knows that the only way the extremist virus was able to get out is if two people, you know, do that turnkey thing to let this extreme yeah. extreme virus out of there. And right. so you Maya, need two keys at the same time. Right. Maya must have been the second person with Aldrich Killian. Right. So Maya's explaining like, yeah, I did it because um, the government wanted to use it as a weapon. And once we told them we didn't want to make weapons, they took our funding. So to get more funding, we had to sell it to like the black market. And that's how... Mullen eventually got it. So they wanted to use it as like, you know, to help people, to heal people. But the government wanted to use it to make super soldiers. Okay. And in a weird way, it like ended up in the wrong hands because she wanted to like get enough funding to do the research to heal people. It ended up being in like the bad guy's hands anyway. Kind of, um, you know, maybe good intentions there, but ultimately it's still against the law, right? Something really bad to be right. doing, playing around with this stuff. So the military takes her in and, um, you know, Tony's kind of guilty there that he has to let his friend uh, get in trouble. Who saved his life like moments ago. That's true. Yeah, injected <laughs> it into him, right? Right. Oh, man. So, yeah. But, yeah. That was like a really futuristic take on Iron Man, this whole new tech armor invading your bodies. Uh, I think we're close. I think we're close. <laughs> I really like this because... It, it starts off with Iron Man in a way you don't think where like it is this bulking suit that he has to control like he's not really one to one with it right like he's driving this suit right, yeah okay yeah where eventually we get to the point where like no he's just Iron Man he is the suit he doesn't have to think he is more powerful than ever and it just streamlines everything now to like you can tell cooler stories down the line with Iron Man and it, I think this is when Iron Man started to get kind of cool starts to get it's winning <laughs> you over all right, all right. It's kind of like just like reflexes now as he goes into battle. It's like just right. his body is these suits. Um, and that's kind of the futuristic part of it. It's funny how this is supposed to be cutting edge and we have Nokia phones featured in the, in the comic. It's funny to laugh yeah. at now. Video iPods. Video iPods. Zoom calls. Brand new. I mean, I'm not on my private jet with my Zoom calls nowadays, but still. <laughs> yeah. Um, like you said, this is like right before the Iron Man movies. So, but this is almost like pretty much the plot of Iron Man 3. Yeah. So like if you compare like movie to comics, comics are about two movies ahead. Yeah. <laughs> each time. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Pretty close there. Because uh, right after this, I think it's Civil War in the comics. Oh. And that would be the third Captain America movie. Just around the corner? About. Yeah. So um, I think the gap is getting tighter. But if you want to see what happens in two movies from now, read what's in the comics now. Yeah. We're going to catch up to them and we're going to have to start making comic books about movies. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like I said, it really looks like it's Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't think of that right away, but I see it now. Uh, that would have been a weird, different universe we lived in if, if Tom Cruise was Tony Stark. But that was a good read. I liked it. Another good installment of Iron May. Um, want to get into side stories? Of course. 
I was debating whether or not to get a PlayStation 5 or the new high-end Xbox. Oh, yeah. Can you get one, yeah. even? So I got neither. <laughs> Compromise? In fact, I got I got the uh, cheaper Xbox. Oh, what is that? The Xbox Series S? Xbox Series S. It's a terrible name for a game console. Bad naming scheme. Totally, totally wrong. False. But it is a great console, I think. It is all you need and nothing you don't need. Um, I wanted... I wanted... I have a place. PlayStation 4, so I wanted to get a PS5, stick with Sony, but there's no games for it. Uh, yeah, I so, guess they just have not been releasing anything yet because uh, the pandemic and also people can still play right. PS4 games on the new PS5 and it's like revamped and looks better. Yeah, so it's like, why am I going to get this if I can't play anything? And why am I going to pay top dollar? It's like $500 to play game old games, right? Yeah, and stress out to get it because it's hard to get. It's hard to get, yeah. You have to be like on the pulse. Know somebody. You know? Pull the trigger when it's ready. But like Your dad knows someone at Sony. S- I'm not putting out Google alerts for it, so. Okay. Uh, and then the Xbox, the high-end one, which is the Series X. Oh, man. To me, Enunciate that because it's so confusing. Yeah. Okay. The the X, which is like the black box. It has like the best graphics, whatever. Oh, yeah. Also $500. I don't even have a 4K monitor oh. to utilize those graphics. So it'd be overkill for me, right? So I was like, well, I don't want that. But I do want to get into Xbox because they have something called Game Pass. Okay. is That's like a subscription service, right? Right. So I got the smaller, cheaper $300 Xbox. And though it doesn't do 4K, it does 1440p, which is, I think it's already more than what my regular monitor can do. So it doesn't matter, <laughs> right? It's still overkill. But I got it because Game Pass, you pay a monthly subscription of $10. Right now, the first month is only a dollar, so I'm only paying a dollar. Good deal. Then, yeah. then the month after that is 10 every month. And they just have like, I don't know how many exact numbers, it was like 30 to 50 games that you could just download and play. So this is like an Xbox specific thing. It's kind of like a Netflix for video games. You can, you can just yes. see a log of them, download it, and play it because it's right. in the service. And it's a range from like classic games from like 360 to brand new games that just came out. Oh, yeah. I saw on there even uh, Banjo-Kazooie was on there, one and two. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so that just came out. Yeah, and brand then, new. Uh, <laughs> Cutting edge. There's like AAA big studio games. There's independent little games. And there's a lot of games that I would not get a chance to play because I wouldn't buy them because I don't think like I would want to spend $60 on that game. But now I get a chance to try it and play it because it's included in this membership. Yeah, you don't feel guilty about it. You're just like, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and play that right now. I'll give it a try. Yeah. I could delete it if I don't want to, but if I don't want to play it, right. but why not? And, and the game cycle, like I think like two or three game new games come in every month, two or three games leave every month. So if the game that you really like that you would not have played prior, maybe that leaves, now I'm willing to buy it because like I want to keep playing it and I got a chance to try it so like that studio or whatever if it's an independent studio they'll earn money from me because I got to try it right okay whereas if I didn't have Game Pass I would have never have tried it yeah you know when it first came out this Game Pass thing seemed like too good of a deal but actually yeah. people really like it I think Xbox at the time was kind of suffering in comparison to Sony and PlayStation but this uh, Game Pass thing is just a good deal all around I think that's their uh, game plan their plan uh, Microsoft's plan is really make it too good of a deal it's definitely like unbelievable at first 
But yeah, make it so good that you'd be a sucker not to get it if you have an Xbox. Yeah, yeah, so, totally. You, so yeah, this whole week you've been trying to convince me to get one too because uh, you've had it. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking uh, it's uh, not that bad of a deal, three hundred for a new console, and I can feel a bit of the chug when I'm playing the kind of more high-end games on play PS4, right? Like yes. uh, Star Wars: Fallen Order. It doesn't look as good as I wanted it to on my base one PS4. Right, and it's not like oh, I'm spending three hundred dollars just to get these games it, the console runs a lot smoother like you said like i can jump in between games like it's just kind of like in a frozen state seamless seamless it's called quick resume oh. i could like pause this game play another game pause that and go to the previous game exactly where i left off like let's load i don't have to i don't have to reload the game um and if i do load a game from like the first time it loads really quick oh wow uh so performance wise it's already an improvement so that's worth the 300 dollars plus the game pass um it's like a no-brainer i don't think i'm buying a ps5 anytime soon yeah i mean it, it sounds like a better deal right now and also with all the non-existent games on the ps5 uh, yeah, I think it kind of convinced me a bit. I'm, I think I might get it. And if I can mooch off your side stories this week a bit, we did play one game specifically on Game Pass. Desperados 3, is that what it's called? Yes, Desperados 3. I don't know how to describe it. I, I call it an action puzzle game. How do you describe it? Uh, that's a good way to put it. It's kind of like a three, like you're like an isometric, like three-fourths view down into like a, a field of cowboys. And right. you kind of navigate your guy down the map and kind of sneak by your kill off these cowboys in a stealth mode right or take them out so you don't alert the other cowboys and it's like one big map you got to finish off all these guys to move on to the next mission yeah and i you know i've been playing it for weeks right and then i brought it so that you could try it out and i was watching you play it and it's so frustrating watching you play it's so frustrating uh your comments because it does take me a while to figure it out i'm just like why are you doing it like you're overthinking this it's you're making it so hard what are you talking about just like it's like there's such an easy way to solve this puzzle and you just keep walking like around the solution <laughs> well i don't know that does it take you like half the time because it does feel like you're over my yes. shoulder watching me like what yeah. are you doing what are you i'm trying not to say anything yeah and then at the end you're like oh finally <laughs> <laughs> But all in all, it's a really fun game. That alone, for me, is worth like the $10 a month subscription for it. And it's a game, like I said, I probably wouldn't have tried yeah. because I wouldn't have bought it. So now with Game Pass, I get to try it. And I it's like my favorite game right now. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, you're not. it's not a AAA game, but it, it is your favorite game right now. That's kind of cool thing. That, you, you know, you don't want to shell out coin for all the, these uh, smaller games usually. But that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. So Game Pass, highly recommend. You don't need the big expensive Xbox. You could buy like the lower end one and still enjoy it a lot to me that's the best value in games right now and um xbox i think i've converted over wow don't say it wow saying it so uh yeah this isn't an ad or anything but it seems like it's a good deal i kind of want to get it myself now yeah i heard bill needs some extra dough so i threw some money down his way uh this one is uh, i'm paying money for melinda oh okay. <laughs> can i decide where it goes you know <laughs> 150 each 150 each yeah five dollars a month <laughs> <laughs> all right you have uh anything else you want to bring up for side stories no that's it for me uh just reaching off of your side stories this week yeah i'm gonna keep playing desperados and trying out some other games on game pass 
Um, you think you're going to get one? I think I'm going to get one now. And then that I've had my hands on it, the controller is surprisingly yeah. pretty good. It's not too bulky like the Xbox 360, which I didn't like. It felt like I'm just holding a brick while I'm playing a game. It's a little <laughs> bit smaller, a little bit closer to the PS4, but not so that small. Yeah, I, I definitely like it too. So um, all around, I give the Xbox Series S thumbs up. Sweet. All right. I'll, uh, I'll get one too, probably. All right. Uh... If you guys haven't already, please subscribe to the Reader Copy Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, or you can even stream us on Spotify. Yes, you can. And you can find us all our social medias at the Reader Copy Podcast is us. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And share with all your comic book friends, guys. We are going to continue on with Iron May next week. You won't want to miss it. And if you're tuning into our recap show, we're continuing on Jupiter's Legacy on Netflix. We're doing episode three and four. So definitely subscribe. Don't want to miss that. We'll be back next week. Until then, Daniel, could you hit him with the outro? I am Iron Man. Okay. That did not sound anything like him. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. (laughs) I'm going to